Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Oh, man. What a great weekend. Oh, my God. It's for a some great people. weekend. I'm so sorry. Man, I'm so sorry. Like, I just... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just really wish... As I said just before we hit the record button... Football has not been kind to me. No, it's, it's, it's not. Not not the Saturday version of football. Anyways, no. um, I mean, my weekend started out with my nephew uh, scoring three touchdowns and getting an interception to get his team the big victory on Friday night. I was not there, but I was getting uh, updates from family members. Uh, work into Saturday, obviously a big game for my squad that we'll talk about at the end of this podcast, along with the fact that I was just unconscious with my picks. Yeah. Um, the Big Ten picks on this pod. I went nine and four against the spread. Um, I thought I was ten and three at one point, but I screwed one of them up that I, I didn't realize. So it was just. Uh, what does Juan just, have me at? Um, have not see? seen the updated okay. one, but we'll we'll tweet that right. out asap. Get to it, Juan. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's on. I'm trying to help him out as much as I can. Um, I mean, beautiful weather. Not that it mattered much to me. I was pretty much <laughs> in the downstairs athletic club. All day long. Um, anyways, just the those are the weekends that they they help out in life. I, I'll just say that. Speaking of helping out, yeah, we got a little swag uh, gift sent to us by Fifth Down CFB. Yeah, yeah. So he sent us some patches and and decals and nice. stuff. Nice. So it's Mark Thanks, Shipper. Man. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Mark over at uh, Fifth Down CFB. He's at Fifth Down CFB and Fifth Down CFB dot com. So it's a all college football type of blog. Yeah, he's wanna... been he's been going on like a road trip, yes. going to see games. He was at the UCLA Very game last jealous. week. He was Very at the Ar- Arkansas Texas big game this week. Yeah, he's got plans to go to a few more. So he's it's great follow on Twitter. Absolutely, Re- really good, really great knowledge of college football. Yeah, if you are following this podcast, I think there's a probably pretty high percentage chance that you're a big college football fan. Definitely give fifth down. Uh, football a uh, uh, look. Yeah, and then uh, he was DMing me at the Tennessee, or excuse me, the uh, Arkansas-Texas game. <laughs> pretty pretty funny stuff, you know. Oh, okay. Not, not, not the, the game that Texas fans were expecting. Sure. Um, probably something that Nebraska fans got an enjoyment out of, too. So, anyways, I, I think he was, and him not being a fan of Arkansas or Texas, He's like us. You're just a college football fan at that point. You're just enjoying this scene. I mean, he went to one of the more surprising games of the entire weekend. Yeah, and they rushed the field. I mean, it kind of reminded me of when I went to Ole Miss, Alabama, because you're not invested in either team, so you just kind of enjoy it. Just sit and And watch. It it didn't matter who won, but I was glad that Ole Miss won because I got to rush the field and and celebrate with the fans. But I'm sure he had a similar experience there. And Speaking of other non-Big Ten games, how about that Florida State game? Oh, wow. Oh, I mean, it was... The game was over. Essentially, it, it was, was over. over. I mean, Florida State fans are like, God, what an ugly win, whatever. Let's go on to next week. And and then did you see the male cheerleader and female cheerleader walking the Florida State male and field? They're walking off the field, and they're, the, she's so stunned. She's still holding up the loud or cheer sign, and they're just walking off with this, like, deer-in-a-headlight look. Oh, man. You got to find it. It's hilarious, wow. man. But Stanford... Yeah. De-pantsing USC. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't heard about Clay Helton getting right. fired today already. And my take is 
I think most USC fans were cheering for Stanford by the end of the game because they want right. to play Helton out so bad. It, it was so ugly. In fact, my my buddy that lives in California was texting me to get my opinion on certain coaches for to potentially go to USC. One that he asked about was uh, Greg Schiano. Interesting. I'm like, wow, that, that probably would work out pretty well, I think. Schiano would be amazing, but yeah. oh, that just doesn't seem like a fit to me necessarily. doesn't but, seem like an L.A. Yeah. guy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Maybe another guy that uh, one one of our squads coached against. Maybe we'll get get to him later. He would be another candidate. Sure. Um, the only downer yesterday, the real downer, um, man, it would have been nice if Colorado held on to beat Texas A&M. Oh, man, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have just been the absolute best cherry on top of a great, great oh, Saturday. Boy, what a stinker Texas A&M laid down, huh? You, you would think that a team that is supposed to be that dominant against a team that's not supposed to be predicted right. to be very good this year, you would think they would get dinged for it and maybe even a certain national podcaster that would make excuses for SEC, team, SEC, SEC teams would even point out flaws because last week, Texas A&M's quarterback threw three interceptions last week, and it was, oh, man. You know, other than those three picks, he looked really good. To, he looked he looked poor yesterday. So, I mean, there was just, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I've gotten up on this soapbox several times. I'm going to keep getting up on it. It's going to be a crazy year. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're already seeing it. Obviously that'll play into the second game we talk about here right. today too. Yep. So, and since we have 14 games, maybe we should get into yep. it. Let's roll. And last thing too, there was a ton of good, um, um, tributes that they did videos for, for the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Um, I, not enough time to single out any of them or go through all of them, obviously. But anyways, each one of them was well done from what I saw. Great to see. Rutgers did a really good job. I mean, it was it was just fantastic. So I walk outside midday yesterday, and there were four F-16s that flew over directly over my house. Really? Yeah. In I formation. Would've, I would have pretty much seen those too. But... And they were headed your direction. They okay. would have they so they... flown over your house, or at least close to it. Huh. Um. Did did they fly over the for the Minnesota game? I don't. Or were they on their way back from? I don't know. Huh. That, that's what I was. I was wondering. I would think it would be. The case, but it was but... later than the Minnesota game, so I don't know. Okay, interesting. Weird, but it was yeah. cool. It was okay. just cool to see. Well, uh, Big Ten fans, we're we're gonna start out on the low note here for these first two games. So two losses to begin yeah. with. And then 12 straight wins after that. The Amazing. conference went 12-2. and two. It just so happens that the, the two losses are the first only ones we're going to talk about The first two here. games of the day. Okay, so first one up, unfortunately, Virginia 42, Illinois 14. The Cavaliers with 556 yards of total offense to the Illini's 337. So, like, the first thing I'm going to start out with is Chase Brown and Jakari Norwood, okay? Yeah. Combined... 11 carries for 76 yards. That's a, you know, called a seven yard average. Uh, Arch Sikowski, okay, 24, 45, not fantastic, but 221 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I guess what I'm saying is it wasn't that Illinois couldn't run the ball, it no. wasn't that they were incapable of throwing the ball at times. Well, they were just playing from behind. They, they couldn't that. lean on the running game like they like to do, they like to get out, run the ball a lot. Keep it close, but when you they were down fourteen nothing before I blinked. Uh, uh, I uh, don't have the ACC network. It's weird. I I swear I told uh, my cable provider that I wanted the I better have it package for college football for whatever reason. I don't have the ACC network, um, so I can go over to Big Kurtz. But as typical, since I have you know wife and two kids, I'm running behind. Texted Kurt going to be closer to eleven fifteen, eleven thirty when I get to your place. That was the time I showed up. 
or excuse me, 10.15 or 10.30, and that was the time I showed up. It was already over. The game was essentially already over. I mean, they they made a little push to come back. They got down by 21 to 14 at one point. It started looking like a game, but then Virginia just took off. The the defense was just atrocious on all three levels. There's really nothing you can really point out that was good about the defense. Maybe Kirby Joseph, he's been playing well on defense and special teams, actually, for the most part. I, I don't want to single out people who had horrible games, but right. you, could, you could talk about any one of them. Zero pass rush. The the pass coverage is just atrocious. It's it's worse than I could have even really expected. Like we And you expected the yeah. pass defense to be yes. subpar, but it's worse than what you thought. And then the front seven against the rush and pass rush, I mean, it wasn't okay, terrible we, we, against the rush, but okay. But they they didn't need to run the ball because it was just they were slicing up Illinois so easily through the air. I mean, Brennan Armstrong looked like Joe Montana in a Super Bowl. Basically. Twenty-seven for thirty-six, four hundred five yards, five touchdowns. Woof. And then offensively, you know, I, I wasn't quite as high on the offensive line coming into the season as most people. I thought it'd be somewhere in the middle tier, in in the middle tier of the Big Ten, but it's not. I think it's still in the bottom tier of the Big Ten. There, the pass pass uh, pro is okay. They they don't do a great job get, getting running lanes going. I don't think. I would say it's just okay. I think you got good tackle center tackle, but yeah, the guard yeah. play, the guard play. I, I, I I've experienced this as an Iowa fan. If, you know, people joke, right? The the left guard goes out, nobody hardly notices. You know, obviously a quarterback goes out, everybody talks about it. But the fact of the matter is, you got one leaky position or especially two on the offensive line, it yeah. can really hamper an entire offense. Yeah, and they were shuffling around the guards again. But what, like what? Put your finger on him, the defense. Just give me a quick, like, what do you think's going wrong? Okay, well, first of all, the discipline was, is just has been piss poor since the first game. First game was fine, but it was terrible. Again, eight. So they had eight uh, penalties for ninety yards. A couple unsportsmanlike yeah. conducts. The beat must be beside himself with how pathetic the discipline has been. And then I asked you this gesture. I'm like, you know. Maybe I just can't see it because I'm an Illini fan, but I don't feel like the roster is that much worse than everybody. But it must be. We, it's just a bad roster. Let's just admit it. It's a terrible I, I, roster. I, I, it's not a terrible roster, but it's not good enough to overtake bad penalties and stupid play. I guess. Yeah. It. Yeah. There's. He's got a lot of work cut out. Yep. There. He's still got a lot. He's going to need more time to to beat the lovey out of this team. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a good phrase. Uh, by the way, Deuce Span, I want to point out that great cut, touchdown catch that he had. This Dude. is the converted quarterback. He looks like a real big time Big Ten receiver. And Juice Williams is still showing out when he has the has the ball in his hands. Yep. I mean, you can tell he's a weapon. Didn't do a great job of getting him into space. They got to work on that. But he had one nice little shifty run and catch that went for a first down. Got to get more of that. Yep. All right. With the loss, Illinois drops to one and two. Next up. I would say one of, if not the most surprising score of the entire college football weekend. Oregon 35, Ohio State 28, the Ducks with 505 yards of total offense. The Buckeyes had 612 Mm. yards of total offense. Um, I think you pretty much squarely uh, put this on the defense. My quote is, Kerry Coombs might as well be named Kerry Toom because he is dead to Buckeye fans. Yeah, I mean... 
preseason, I was like, why don't we give this guy a little more of a chance? It seemed like Ohio State fans wanted to bury him, but I get it now. It's something is wrong. He, they 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 couldn't set the edge for run defense. They were getting gashed in the middle on run defense. They didn't really do anything well defensively. No. Call me old fashioned, and boy, did I have a lot of those yesterday. Um, this hangover brought to you by Amador Double Barrel Whiskey Bourbon. Um, but I think you should win almost every football contest when you have 612 yards of total offense. You should, but stay on the defense for a second. Zero sacks, one tackle for loss yeah. uh, with, with these athletes? Dude. What is happening here? Or or how about the fact, and, and you know, this is a good, talented Ducks team. That's great. But 269 yards rushing by the Ducks? I mean, that We're getting that little that little misdirection play running off left tackle, yep. I, it was two straight. Uh, almost the exact same spot, yep. but from about the 15-yard line. I mean, right now, the uh, we knew that the Ohio State uh, linebackers were new, okay? But they're they're just straight guessing right now, and they're guessing yeah, wrong. Yes. I mean, they, they are lost on this defense. Completely I, out I, of position at times. I just keep having the same feeling of, like, if you just went to a base defense and played more zone, yeah. you know, like keep the ball in front of you, sure. you know, keep your eyes on the quarterback and the football, uh, you know, I, Kerry Coombs has obviously forgotten more about football than I'll ever learn, but, but something ain't right here. There, there is yeah. a disconnect. And one other thing I wanted to bring up is I'm, I'm going to go ahead and admit I'm guilty of something. I was looking down my nose at the pac 12. I was like, yeah, Oregon, whatever, they're from the Pac-12, like the SEC does to every other conference. They're, they they play some big boy football out there, and Oregon yeah. played some big boy football. Yeah, there. I mean, there were some other, I mean, Utah didn't look good versus nah, I'm BYU, not talking about, I'm just USC. Talking about, I'm just talking about Oregon right now. Oregon has been recruiting at an extremely high level, and it's, it, there was talent out there. But and the, came on tip, they were not even playing. They had a lot of their talent sitting on the sideline. I, that's why it was even more surprising. I mean, I already felt good for the Ducks or uh, uh, for the Buckeyes before the game. I mean, Me I had a, now I had I had this game closer. I thought Oregon would look better offensively, and again, I was a little bit concerned with Ohio State's defense going into the game. That's why I pictured or picked uh, the Ducks to cover here. But again, like not what you would expect that to look like. At some point, you feel like the the D line that that very talented Ohio State D line would just start being more yeah. disruptive. You saw it at times, yeah. but just not not enough. I mean, especially when you got two hundred sixty nine yards rushing. C J Stroud, by the way, I mean, yeah, I want to talk about thirty five of fifty four at sixty five percent completion percentage, four hundred and eighty four yards. Three touchdowns. Now he threw the game-ending pick. But and he it, missed a couple he throws. Does. He but does. Th I saw people, Ohio State fans, complaining about how horrible his downfield accuracy is. I'm, what are you talking about? He threw some downfield throws that were perfect. Yeah. And yes, he missed a couple. I get it. But the guy's a freshman. It's his second game. I thought I thought he made strides versus the Minnesota game. Pretty much since halftime of the Minnesota game, he has by and large looked about as good as you can have. Look, And by the way... Going into Minnesota, a good Minnesota team, okay, to play in a in a big time environment on a Thursday night like that, that's a tough sure. scene. First game at home, yeah. now you're playing Oregon. I mean, it would have helped him to get a couple throws out there and in in you know, mop up do or uh uh you know, uh, killing somebody directional Michigan right. type of team. 
he just has not had that. You're going to see him get dialed in more. I mean, I'm I'm not so. worried about the Ohio State offense. I'll tell you that much. Well, they could they could run the ball a little bit better than they did. I yeah, Mayan Williams, uh, Travion Henderson combined for 26 carries for 131 yards. That's five five yards a carry. Okay, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, by the way, Chris, but they got down so much that they. You know, it was kind of like the Illinois game. Right. Where they, 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 couldn't they, they couldn't run it anymore. Right. They had to throw the ball. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and JSN, dude. I mean, just all pick of out. Them. All of them over 100 yards. <laughs> I don't know. It looked more amazing, man. Oof. It's insane. And, I, and a lot of people are burying Ohio State out of the college football championship. No. They are not out of they Here's are not the out. only thing I will say about it is now, if Oregon keeps playing this well, then we got another conference competing for a spot. So Prediction, Oregon will lose at least one more game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I don't. I wouldn't be worried about the playoff right now if I'm Ohio State. I'd be worried about your defense. That is 100. percent There was, uh, uh, as the wife, kids, and I were going to the little little town festival not too far away from here. I was listening to college sports radio. There was an Ohio State fan that called in, just burn it all down, like literally, <laughs> what the heck? literally saying. If something big doesn't happen this year, it's time to move on from our head coach. Oh my lord! I swear to God, said that like. And, and I mean, essentially, like Ohio State fans are a they are nobody loves their college football team more than Ohio State fans. Maybe some is yeah. equal, but but they love. But I think it's fair to say maybe Buckeye fans have gotten just a skosh spoiled over the last couple years as the product that's been on the field, as well as the fact that their quarterback play the last two years with Justin Fields was well, just incredible. You have a mere mortal now at quarterback. Right. You're, you're going to have to have more of a team effort at times to, to make this thing work. But Justin Fields didn't have to play as a freshman. He got to you know, 100%. Feel, and, and by the way, you're forgetting Dwayne Haskins year before that. So it's been three, three, three years, which yeah. has been incredible quarterback play. Uh, one thing I will say for Ryan, the only bad thing really is eight penalties, 71 yards. Yep. Got to clean that one up. I think that needs to be cleaned up too. All right, with the loss, Ohio State drops to one and one. Next game up, here we go. Now we're getting into the good feels. Michigan State forty-two, Youngstown State fourteen. Sparty with five hundred and ninety-five yards of total offense to the Penguins three hundred and four. Any truth to the rumor that Michigan State has gained more yards in the first two games than the last two years of the D'Antonio era? Wow, that's what. Like it right does now, feel man. like it. I mean, they're just exploding off the well, screen. That was the word I was going to use. Is it? You don't usually think of explosive offense in Michigan State in the same sentence, but they sure look like it. They have looked like it this season. So yeah, far. I mean, now we have to okay, somewhat take the competition into that. Sure, you definitely yeah. can this week with Youngstown yeah. State. But you know, the team they blew out last week looked better this week. So yeah. I mean, we've got enough tape on. Uh, Michigan State to say, I think this is going to be a much better offense than we've seen in a long time. Uh, we kind of talked on the offseason, I mean, on the uh, Michigan State team pod that I, I like the offensive line. I thought it yeah. was a little bit underrated. This offensive line is it's it's one of the best in the Big Ten right now. Uh, yeah, it's boy. That's a that's a bold statement. It's you up might, there. You might be right, though, because they they look they looked excellent yesterday. Three hundred twenty three yards passing, two hundred seventy two yards rushing. Right. That's that is the mix you well, want to see. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to one up you. OK. Eleven point five yards per play average throwing the ball. Seven point two running the ball. That's that is literally 
that's what you dream up. That that that's how you want it to look as a fan. And I love seeing the high school teammate combo: Peyton Thorne, Jalen Reed hooking up continually. Uh, Jalen Naylor had a touchdown. We had a Jordan Jordan Simmons sighting. So well, Ken, Kenny Skywalker seven carries, fifty seven yards. That's an eight point one yard average. They they shelved him after that. There was no there was no need for him. And then Jordan Simmons comes in, and you still have Elijah Collins there. They've got a pair in the spare now. <laughs> they got. Easily that you got, they got four running backs, and then I mean, good shout out to Peyton Thorne, fifteen of twenty one, two hundred and eighty yards, four touchdowns. I, I mean, dude, it's fantastic. He looks great. And Michigan State fans, go ahead and remind me, I picked you last in the East. Oof, boy, I'm feeling. I mean, there's a couple picks I'm feeling pretty stupid, stupid on. Uh, I'm I'm feeling a little <laughs> bit better that uh, Michigan. I, I, you know, it's it's thing. It's 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 funny. Is like you. We get to know our listeners, right? And and um, um, you get affected by the positivity that everybody sure. has on the offseason. One of the fan bases of positivity that affected me was Michigan State. It talked me into moving them up a little bit okay. in the standings, and I'm, I'm glad I did because I feel like what we're seeing. Another thing to point out here, because they got a big game <laughs> next week, okay? They play Miami. Have you seen their schedule? If, if let's say they win that game, see mm-hmm. they beat Miami. Look at their schedule; their next five games, okay. six games after that. I mean, it, we realistically could be looking at a seven and one, wow, eight and zero oh Michigan State team. Wow, hail! <laughs> I, I know that's throwing it out there, but so here's one bad I will point out. So they gave up a a touchdown right before half and right after half. Those are important. That's an important segment of the game. Yep. So got to work on that. But with that being said, um, and again, I know it's Youngstown State and everything. Um, and and I, I checked on our boy Doug. To, he the the yeah, John L. Smith Misery Index. I I asked him, is it possible to be negative? Got, is it negative? Okay. I mean, it was zero last week, but you know, just just an FCS school. But with that okay. being said, I think there was a general concern on the passing defense, but uh, their quarterback went ten of twenty three, eighty one yards and a pick. So I, I, I mean, I think the message got out there a little bit. I mean, it was just an over. I mean, what you expect your team to look like yeah. when they play a, a team that's monikers the Penguins. I mean, this is what you this is what you expect. That's right. It looked like it was supposed to look. So with the win, Michigan State moves to a very fast and fun two and zero. Next game up. Minnesota 31, Miami of Ohio 26. The Gophers with 287 yards of total offense to the Red Hawks 341. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to think of Minnesota. I mean, they looked like they were in control, but they couldn't put them away. They kind of came up with a nice interception towards the end of the game. And you'd look down the stats there. It's just kind of weird, isn't it? They were 8 of 17 yeah. passing. Yeah. They only had 112 passing yards. They didn't run the ball that well either. 175 yards rushing, but only 3.8 average. Potts looks good, but here's one thing I'm concerned about. He got 34 attempts? Correct. I, can you lean on him like that every mm, game? I do not believe so. Um, I little... know there's a drop-off to Wiley and Williams after him, but I think you got to spread the ball out a little okay, bit. Okay, so you see the drop-off a- after Potts to I those do. two. Okay. I do. Um, my insider, uh, that does not like to be named. Um, he also agrees with you. So, um, I guess I need to look a little bit more. I, I've always thought that those three were kind of three peas in a pod. So, but obviously, uh, the insider and you are on the same page with PJ Fleck because the next quote unquote ball carrier down from pots. Yeah was Tanner Morgan. So the other two guys, I mean, they got right. two and three carries or three and three and two or whatever it was, but 
So they obviously feel the same thing. So now it's like, I don't know, like, I don't want to overstate this, but now we got hit. We need Pops to stay healthy. Well, yeah, I know. That's the thing. He but goes the, that's down. the conundrum. Right. That you, you need to get him the most carries because he's the most talented, right. but you can't overcarry him because he needs to stay healthy. I think that's something that's probably keeping PJ up at night right now. I would think so. He he needs to be more in the 20 to 25 carry range. If we can get him down there, 34 is too many. Correct. Especially against a MAC team. I know it's a solid MAC team. Solid MAC team. But you sh- I guess you shouldn't have had to struggle this much to beat Miami. Yeah. Uh, Gopher fans blew apart my prediction before the game. I predicted 28 to 20. At one point in the game, it was exactly 28 to 20. Yeah. Obviously Miami uh, winds up scoring a, a late touchdown and, and Minnesota kicked the field goal. But in the end, this was essentially the game I expected. Okay. I don't think you need to overreact too much as a Gopher fan. They've looked like this in the past, right? This has kind of become a PJ yeah. staple. These type of, they, we, you mentioned they play down to their opposition. They play up to their opposition. So I think we got that. Um, I, I'm a, their defense at times looked kind of yeah. bad yesterday, and they had zero sacks on the day. They're, they they were supposed to be able to at least get a pass rush. They thought this year, yeah, that doesn't seem to be happening. The offensive line was good, but it wasn't great. No, it's it's weird. It's it was like a lackluster performance. It's like the whole team goes in and out. And one of the per, pe, uh, uh, persons that you can point to with that is Tanner Morgan. So. Kind of an odd stat line, right? Eight of 17. Okay, only 17 attempts. 112 yards, but two touchdowns, no picks. you know how many yards passing Minnesota had in the second half? No. How many was it? Zero. You and I had as many yards passing in the second half as Tanner Morgan. Obviously, that's not all on Tanner Morgan. That's part of the game plan. But do you remember that Seinfeld episode when Jerry's girlfriend, in some lighting, she looked like she was gorgeous? And then other other lightings, she was not so cute. That's kind of Tanner Morgan and, and kind of Minnesota right now. Like, I feel like that applies to their defense, too. There's times where their defense looks yeah. very athletic and disruptive, and then there's times it just, poof, it goes okay, away. Okay, so speaking of staying on passing yards, but moving over to the other side, receiving. They Have you looked down their receiving stats? Dylan Wright, or I'm not sure. Is yep. it Dylan? Dylan? I don't Dylan. Everybody says Dylan, but, but it's D Y L A. I don't know. I'm just going to say Dylan Wright. Dylan yeah. Wright had three catches. Daniel Jackson had four. Brevin Spanford one. That's, That's the whole receiving. It is. I'm telling you, it's one of the oddest stat lines for a game I have ever seen. It is very strange. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think Wright and Jackson are both really good. And when CAB comes back, they'll have three really good wide receivers. For sure. But then there's a huge drop off after those They're guys. Definitely, and that's what I saw in the scrimmage. I mean, obviously, yeah. they kept Wright out of the game because they of the scrimmage because they wanted to keep him healthy. But it is going to be interesting to see how this offense adapts as the year goes on because uh, um, PJ very, very much wants this to be a very uh, rush heavy team. Yeah. But once, if you have all three of those pass catchers and if Brevin span Ford can kind of keep showing, you know, sh- sure. of shots of who he is, I don't know if they're going to have much of a choice. They're going to have to be a pass first team because I, think so. I just don't think they, they have the, the ponies to keep run the ball. And hopefully Trey Potts stays healthy. So with the win, Minnesota moves to one and one. Next game up, Northwestern 24, Indiana State 6. The Wildcats with 275 yards of total offense to the Sycamores, 169. Not the prettiest game to watch. One of the more Northwestern games that you would ever see, Northwestern, Northwestern. I mean, the, the 275 is obviously concerning. That's their total yards. The 66 passing yards is 
really concerning. They did run for 209 yards. I will. The one thing I'll say about their low yardage total is they had 169 punt return yards. So you're going, you're playing on a shorter field. Sure. So there's some of that to it. But then but, you should have more than 24 points on the board. Well, okay. So they they got off to a fast start here, scored two early touchdowns, and they did nothing offensively after no. the, those first couple of possessions. Um, I can't remember who the uh, Northwestern fan was that I was interacting with on Twitter, but I had predicted 38 points in the game. Um, so I was I was wrong there, and he was saying, "Have you seen our offense?" And my thought process was. I've I've got a little faith in Hunter Johnson. I think the running game will come back. I think the defense will look good. The the crazy thing is, just two out of those three things happened. The running attack was okay. Yeah. The defense was very much improved compared to last week. Obviously, the level of competition makes a big uh, part of that. But Hunter Johnson, our newfound confidence with Hunter Johnson, I'm going to dial that back just a little bit here. I got to dial it back a lot. Although I he did make one terrific throw where you're like, okay. That's why he was so highly rated coming out of high school, but he just didn't do it enough. He no. did, didn't do it hardly at all, actually. So, and yep. let's let's remember they're playing Indiana State. This is an FCS team, correct? You should look better than this against an FCS team. And the they, defense look loud. The defense is supposed yeah, to defense look. I mean, they good. only had 169 sure. yards of total offense. Good it's, point. It's squarely on. It's squarely on the offense. But then so. you also you had two turnovers. You have five penalties. We're not used to seeing that nope. from them. Um, boy. Yeah, it, it was it was the Evan Hull show though. Evan it was. So, I mean, he's obviously their quarterback here, they're, or, or, they're their, or their number one running back. Yeah, that's, that was really the only offensive weapon they had besides the punt returns. Yeah, and it's again, it's it's kind of like a broken record. We like to try to be unique and not sound like everybody else, but right now we are looking for who the playmakers are on the offense, and we just have not seen it yet. But with the win, Northwestern moves to one and one. Next game up. Rutgers 17, Syracuse 7, the Scarlet Knights with 195 yards of total offense to the Oranges 258. That's two games back-to-back that were a little little tough on the retinas yesterday. Well, getting the sense that Big Ten's a pretty defense-heavy league this year and, yeah. and not quite as much on the offensive side. This was 0-0 at halftime. It was 0-0 deep into the third quarter. Correct. I mean, I think the first score came with like six and change left on the clock in the third quarter when they finally broke it open. So really the big difference here in this game, even though Rutgers played putrid offense, they caused five turnovers, four fumbles, one interception. Max Melton getting yet another interception. He's looking really good on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Noah Vedral, though, he just looks meh. But, Uh, but, okay, but Noah – all right, I I, I don't – if Noah Vedral's family uh, uh, listens to this, I, I hope they're big fans of me because I feel like I'm always standing up for Noah Vedral yeah. a little bit. But, okay, 22 of 28. Well, okay. he was, yeah, he was 145 yards a touchdown. What I'm saying is he didn't lose What the do game. you expect Noah Vedral to do? Like, that's what he should be doing. But he should be surrounded by a little bit better rushing attack. But Ruck, Rutgers only yeah. rushed for 50 yards, and it that's... took 43 attempts that to was, get 50 yards. That was pathetic. Like, I... Now, Syracuse defense looked pretty good last week versus Ohio, right? So maybe Syracuse winds up with a top 25 type of defense. Okay, we don't know these teams yet. It could happen. But I kind of feel like we've had enough um, uh, view on the Rutgers team at this point where it's going to be a 
Defensive-minded yeah. team, a team that is going to have to do everything they can to not turn the ball over yes. because if they get behind the sticks oh, and get behind in the scoreboard, it is going to be very tough for them to win a lot of games. Yeah, still don't have a great offensive line, but uh, defensively, Alakunle Farukasi, another great game. Dude. 12 total tackles, 9 solo, half uh, tackle for loss. Uh, they, there's a, a lot of guys we could point out defensively. They played great there. Fantastic on so defense. So what you'd expect. Dude, I, so... Th- and I hope it doesn't sound like we're coming down too hard on Rutgers, but do you remember they were pretty explosive on offense at times a, last year? A little bit, yeah. I don't know what's happening. It's just which is strange because same same offensive coordinator. It's not like he lost a ton right. of guys off of this team, so it's kind of weird. Um, did want to point out, and it was a great punting day yesterday. By the way, oh, we'll yeah. get to that. Oh. But Adam Korsak on six punts averaged fifty-two yards. Insane punt. Insane. Wow. I mean, he's. He might not be the only offensive MVP on this team for a Big Ten team, but uh, <coughs> Chop, sorry, man, I was just kind of going with my gut um, or any other Rutgers fans. I wanted to see Rutgers win this game. You know, I was cheering for Rutgers to pull it out, was happy they did. Um, the Syracuse win last week versus Ohio concerned me, you know, and that's what I thought I saw. So you got to give Rutgers credit. That's not a, that's not the easiest environment in the world to no. go up to the, used to be the carrier dome. I think carrier left. They don't have no, the spot. I think that's well, so I think it's still the carrier dome. Is it? Okay. I thought so. But did you know the carrier dome sponsored by an AC company doesn't have AC or no, I'm sorry. It got AC last year. Yes. Did you know that? Well, and that was always the joke because Iowa played in the carrier dome like 15 years ago or something uh-huh. like that. And every Iowa fan talked about, or every Iowa player talked about how it was one of the hottest games they ever played wow. in, in, in that dome. So, no kidding. So funny. not to pour salt in the wound here, but I just wanted to read through Rutgers first half series. Oof. Downs, punt, 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 downs, <laughs> end of half. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So was we got a, got a lot of work to do on the offensive side there. All right, but hey, with the win, Rutgers moves to 2-0. and oh, That used that? to be the high watermark for Rutgers. So Absolutely. you got to give Shiano credit for raising the bar. They're 2-0, and oh, and we're expecting more out of Rutgers. And usually... The two would come right at the beginning of the season. You knew looking ahead, there's not going to be. That was it. There were two ugly wins over whatever, but we expect more wins out of Rutgers. Um, We also expect the offense to look better at some point. Yeah. Next game up, woof, Purdue 49, UConn 0. The Boilermakers with 562 yards of total offense to the Huskies 200. And 23. I told you I, that that um, uh, Br- uh, Brom like Tom would couldn't couldn't resist and would toss the ball all over. Well, yeah, but they ran the ball. They, did, 42, they ran. They ran it 42, 42 times. times. Yep. I'm just saying the points on the board that came fast and furious at the beginning. Uh, Jake Plummer, 16 of 20, 245 yards and four touchdowns. That's a that's a that's a pretty uh, efficient game. Well, how about but this? Aiden O'Connell and Austin. Austin Burton, how often yeah. do you get three quarterbacks that get reps in a game? I was going to say, all three quarterbacks, if you combine them, were 30 of 36 for 375, averaging 10.4 per attempt, six touchdowns, no interceptions. It's pretty good quarterback Not play. Not too shabby. Pretty and good they, quarterback play. And they spread it to 13 different receivers. <laughs> David Bell, of course, did David oh Bell God. things. Six catches, like, 121, three touchdowns. Payne Durham had a touchdown. I mean, they just, everybody was making plays. Everyone was showing out. Um, what I thought with David Bell, I mean, six catches, 120 yards, three touchdowns. He could have had 14 catches for 250 yards and five touchdowns sure. if they had wanted him to. 
Um, you know, I played running back in high school, and every now and then you just you you played an absolutely overmatched team, like a team of of sixteen and seventeen year olds that just didn't want to play that Friday yeah. night. And you're like, God, don't take me out. Don't I? You never wanted those games yeah. to end. That's must have must have been what it felt like for the entire Purdue offense going against that absolutely putrid. <laughs> They have to consider giving up football, UConn Huskies team. They are so bad. One could say they met little resistance. <laughs> Dude, it's, I don't think, and, and again, like I know we talked about in the last podcast, but this, this, was, a, this was a BCS level bowl team just 10, yeah. 12 years ten, ago, whatever yeah, it was. I cannot believe how bad they are. So their, their quarterback, Kajewski, also was their leading rusher. He had 42 yards rushing. So 99 passing, 42 rushing, and the rest of the team basically had nothing. They're they're that, they're bad. It, it, but it, again, it's not Purdue's fault. I mean, it's their AD's fault for putting that that shit burger on the schedule and then um, uh, making them travel to do it on top of it. But with that being said, you, you got to play the games that are on there. And what is it supposed to look like? It's supposed to look like 49 to nothing. Get your starters out of there and keep people healthy. It was virtually effortless for Purdue. And, and I will say this. There's two teams on here that I, I was not very high on the team and their and their defense was something that played into it. Two games in, the Purdue defense does look better. The three D, the three defensive coordinators, one at every level, <laughs> they're doing at least something so far. Yeah, I mean, only gave up 223 yards, uh, 124 rushing, not too bad, only 3.6 average. Um, it it does look improved, but it is UConn. Yep. So, so it's hard to the, it's hard to pull a lot out of this for me looking at the defense up to this point. But with that being said, the best you can be after two games is two and zero, and with the win, that's what Purdue is. All right, about halfway through the pod, we're going to hear from our sponsor, the Eyes on Big Podcast. It's sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day amador whiskey company born in kentucky raised in california next game up the penn state nittany lions 44 ball state 13 i had 40 to 13 as my predicted score. oh i had 48 I, to 13 so close we were each four points off in, in different directions interesting uh the nittany lions with 493 yards of total offense to the Cardinals, 295. There sure seemed to be a lot of people that were planning the funeral for Penn State's offense last week Mm -hmm. after going against that Wisconsin defense, which we'll get to in a little bit. Was it the most amazing explosive day out of the Penn State offense? No, but I think it's a lot closer than what I expect the Penn State uh, uh, offense to look like for most of the year. Yeah, I mean, the the talent just shows out. You can see it. I mean, it jumps off the screen between Parker 100%. Washington and Jahan Dotson. The, I guess the only real concern I had was Noah Kane rushing yeah. 20 times for 69 yards. That was kind of weird. But, you know, a little chatter that maybe Noah Kane isn't 100% healthy I, right I, now. I'm not sure. But they they ran for 240 yards and let's let's remind her Ball State's a good team. Yeah, this is not a this is not a nothing burger. Right. This no. is actually a pretty impressive cover for Penn State cuz that was a 23 point right. spread. They covered it with relative ease. There was no no debating when you walked away from that game yesterday who the better team was. I mean, it was Penn State across the board. Yeah, hey, I have a friend who's 
who likes to invest in these games. Okay. And uh, he asked me for my top picks, and this is one of my top picks. He's like, are you crazy? And you, Tw- went, ag- you went against the public opinion on that yes, one. Yes, I did. Yep. Right. So I was impressed. 32 first downs in this game. That means you're yeah. moving the ball very consistently. Hey, Sean Clifford, 21 of 29, 230 yards a pick or a touchdown, no picks. I mean, in a game like this, to a certain degree, you're not showing the entire playbook. You want to just, you know, get get the plays in, get out, get the win and get out. By and large, they did that. Um, Kevon Lee is their most dynamic running back right now. He had 68 yards, so about the same as Noah Kane, but he had it on about as half as many carries. Devin Ford got in there. I mean, and then you look at the receivers. I mean, obviously, Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington are the stars, but he spread it all around the field. I mean, it it, it was a good overall performance by, by Sean Clifford. Yeah, Clifford played pretty well. I, I'm just confused that he actually carried the ball 11 times, talking about not using the whole playbook. That's seems a little risky. Uh, and Penn State's part, but yeah. you know he he did well carrying it though. Eleven yep. carries, sixty six yards, so yep. that he was effective there as well. So with the win, Penn State is right on schedule. They are two and zero with a ranked win and another ranked team on deck. So they got a chance to keep moving up the rankings. And they doubled their time of possession from last week. Maybe. Maybe they played a good defense. Last you think week. so? I, I don't that's know what I'm starting to think. If we are two talk- game. We are two games away. We will. We will talk about that team. All right. Next up, Nebraska 28, Buffalo three. Quick side note: I hope Vegas never learns this year that uh, uh, Nebraska is a defense-dominated team, and they keep setting these mid-50 over/unders for Nebraska because they're just going to keep going under them, man. Yeah, but the thing is. They they generate a lot of yards. They do. They just don't generate a lot of points offensively. It's so 516 strange. yards from the Huskers yesterday to the Bulls, 359. Um, and, so, but, you know, I saw a lot of chatter on the Twitter oh yeah, about the three touchdowns getting called. Okay. The, the refereeing was bad. It was bad. It was, it really was bad. bad. But it's just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, going into that game. I mean, I listen to some Nebraska podcasts. We obviously DM. We've got Nebraska, you know, followers of the pod and, and 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 a lot of people we talk to. There was general concern for this game going in, going well, to this team. Buffalo going was into another it. good team. So Ball State and Buffalo played for the MAC championship last year. Right. This is not a nothing burger. I no. mean, we we know we've got a couple people that left, and and obviously the coaching staff is in flux. But this was a game that Nebraska fans. And I understood it. We're, we're a little bit concerned going into it. So you would think Nebraska fans would be very happy with the dominant twenty-eight to three win. But no, they're 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 chippy. And and trust me, I I went back and looked at the plays that they're talking about. They're, they're by and large complete BS. I don't think there is a gigantic conspiracy theory going on. No, but where, it, where it, the, but but it, I also understand how it feels like that at times as a Nebraska fan. Sure, and you know it was they did coast twenty eight to three easy win. Should have been probably a little bit better that because of the efficiency. And so if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm not down about this game at all. Uh, Adrian Martinez very efficient, thirteen and nineteen for two forty two and two touchdowns, and he also ran for one hundred twelve yards on only nine carries. Yeah, which is nine? it's it's nine. Yeah, but it's not fifteen. Okay. <laughs> but I, again, yeah. they cannot get the running backs to generate I mean, any yards. So now it's Gabe Irvin this week. He he had the quote unquote most carries at, at ten. Now think about this. We talked about Trey Potts, right, from Minnesota. He's their number one running back. Thirty four carries. Right. He had the leading rusher for Nebraska. Gabe Irvin, fifty six yards on ten carries. Like he only got ten carries in the game. Marquis Stepp. Then then he. 
just as I I decreed Marquis Step the obvious number one sure. running back last week, nine carries for 17 yards. That was odd to me. And, and then where would they be without Samari Torre? Oh my the, gosh. the transfer. I mean, he is by by far their best weapon. He on offense. absolutely is. Two touchdowns on the day. Two long touchdowns on the day. He's, uh, he's how about explosive. this? How about getting two touchdowns and 136 yards? On two catches. That's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty productive. The only time you get you get uh, targeted, you, you turn them both into long touchdowns. When we saw him in Champaign, I, I was impressed right away. He's good. Yeah. He's very good. But you're right. Without him, boy, they'd be lacking some serious playmakers. And but back to the running backs, just decide who your guy is. Already. I don't think they know. I mean, that I, okay. I, we're three games in. They, I just, you know, and I, I believe that. I believe that's again. I don't believe there has to be a bell cow, one hundred percent bell cow. But I guess like, not. and I don't know if it's like a packages thing, like what they're seeing out of the defense, and then it switches. But in the end, I mean, running backs don't differ that much. I don't know. Um, but f- switching to the other side, the defense has been good. It's been good. I think all year there was there was just stretches of time during the Illinois game where where Illinois was leaning on the run. And on a hot day, but other than that, the Nebraska defense has looked fantastic. Luke Reimer Oof. was everywhere. He's got to be a candidate for Big Ten Player of the Week. 16 tackles and a pick. They've got other, not so much getting the backfield a ton, but man, they they overall looked really good on defense. Yeah, overall linebackers looked great. But um, so I, I, going back to Scott Frost, okay. Remember his comment about the same movie? So we're still seeing Adrian Martinez as their bell cow, quote-unquote, running back. We're still seeing special teams issues. Connor Colt missing three field goals. I don't know what's going on with him. And nine penalties for 71 yards. I mean, And I believe the uneasiness that you felt from Nebraska fans was because they know that. I mean, I've heard from a couple sure. of them already, yeah. and they said, you look at – I mean, okay – we're not. I don't think right now we're trying to come down on Scott Frost too hard, but we're also pointing out the things that are obvious to us, right? Yep. With that being said, as a head coach, do you know how uh, no head coaches don't spend a lot of time talking to their kickers, right? To a certain degree, no, you, you don't just, even want to talk to them. It's like right. talking to a goalie; you just leave them on their own. I guess what I'm saying is, it's not Scott Frost's fault that a kicker just rolls out there and is now like he kicked well, no. well last year. He's the big 10 kicker of the year. Right. I don't know if they can trust him right now. I know they it's put him, they rolled him out at the end of the game for just kind of a chip shot, not chip shot, but shorter field goal, get the feels in before the end. He, he couldn't make that one either. No. It's it, concerning. It is concerning. Cause now he's probably getting in his own head. I don't see how he's right. not. Yep. I would hate to be that guy's roommate. I don't even know what the heck you would talk <laughs> to him about, man. Just talk about the weather. But with the win, Nebraska moves to 2-1. and one. Next game up, Wisconsin 34, Eastern Michigan 7. The Badgers with 518 yards of total offense. The Emus, I know that's not what they are, but now I like that, with 92 yards of total offense. So, okay, I don't know how much you saw of this game or how, how much people saw this game, but... The emus, and I know they're not the emus, but I like it now. Um, th- most of that ninety-two yards they got on the last right. Uh, it was drive. All, it was all it both. They had three first downs, two were on the last drive. Most of the yards were on the last drive. It was just total garbage. And the touchdown came from a pick six that was right. thrown at the goal line by Wisconsin's backup quarterback. Right. This is an amazing Wisconsin defense. People outside of the Big Ten, wake up. 
This was defense would be good in any. Fr- this defense might be decent in the freaking NFL at this point. They are all over the place. I swear to God, it looks like they have twelve or thirteen players. I guarantee those Eastern Michigan quarterbacks were seeing ghosts by the middle of the third quarter. It was disruptive. They gave up sixteen yards rushing. Sixteen, and it didn't even feel like that much. No, it really didn't. Um, and the funny thing is, this was my. Uh, Amador double barrel lock of the week. I am two and zero for anybody paying attention to that right now. Make yourself some money. But this came down to the very end. I mean, Wisconsin was going in to put the game away when they threw that pick six. That compl- that flipped it. It was then an, an emu cover. That's right. At that point, Wisconsin had to go down and score. They right. did. It got back to Wisconsin co- covering. Pretty much game over, right? I mean, Wisconsin's defense was just killing them. And then the emus come in, march down the field. They had a shot in the end zone with three seconds left. Yep. Wide receiver open, dropped it. Crazy. <laughs> so I, my my double barrel lock of the week is two and zero. Oh. It took a little bit of luck to get there, but but I felt like my read on what I expected Wisconsin to look like was by and large the correct read. I just thought they would right the ship for the most part on offense and be dominant on defense. That's mostly what we got, but there's still a little bit left to be desired with the offense. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously with Graham Mertz still, one of the things that I was pointing out during the game with a a mutual buddy of ours is that Graham Mertz seems to panic when he gets in the red zone. He he only did it once, but he tripped the running back. He tripped Che Louis in the red zone. I'm like, this guy just gets incompetent. When it, it's weird, but then he it, he got a little better. Yeah, but Che Louis looks good. Get some wheels, man. Got caught from behind. Never would have happened with Jonathan Taylor. No, I mean in those little those little things in the ledgers, you know that stuff makes a big difference. Having a running back that runs a, a four five instead of a four four, you yep. know that 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 makes a difference. Red zone opportunities not as clean as they can be. I mean, 14 to 17, 141 yards. Very, very efficient. No, I mean, yep. no touchdowns, no pick. Jalen Berger got some carries, 15 carries, 62 yards. It's by and large the same Wisconsin team that we've gotten used to. But I would say this. The defense is even better. That may be true. And the offense is a little worse. Correct. But kind of similar. Time of possession again. Four, over 40 minutes it's again. Time of they're going to set some. They're, they're getting into like Navy, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, and like Air Force back in the day. It's yeah. insane. But with the win, Wisconsin moves to one and one. Next game up, Indiana 56, Idaho 14. The Hoosiers with 338 yards of total offense to the Vandals 196. So Michael Penix with only 68 yards passing in this game, 11 of 16, 68 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Long story short, Got up big. It was pretty yeah. obvious right from the get-go that the Vandals were completely overmatched, and I, they want to keep them healthy, so Tuttle got reps. I mean, that was just kind of it. Yeah, so I mean, right away, touchdown, touchdown, punt block for touchdown is 35-7 at halftime, so that's why you're not seeing a ton of numbers here. Also, another instance where eight punt returns for 154 yards, so they were getting a lot of short field, too, so that's one of the reasons they didn't have Part quite as, as many yards. Great scene, by the way, at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, look packed house. They were they're excited to watch their team. Um, I you know obviously I'm a I'm a Ty Fry Fogel you know apologist. Wanted to see a little more out of him. Would like to see a little more out of DJ Matthews. A touchdown. So, Stephen Carr looked good. Twenty two carries, hundred eighteen yards, and a touchdown. I mean they were yeah. they were. Str- I said last week that I thought the Indiana rushing attack looked a little bit better than what people were giving it credit for. I think you saw that a little bit more yesterday again. I mean, the Vandals would be, on on a normal situation, the worst FBS-level team that 
the well, Big Ten should play this weekend, but but UConn UConn has got the title from them. But but well, Idaho was so bad. They're no longer. That's FBS. right. They're FCS. Now. They got they got relegated. That. I forgot about a couple that. of years. That was like uh, I think yeah. maybe 2018 was their first year of relegation. Yeah. But here's one thing I will point out of the Hoosiers: they only averaged 3.6 yards per carry against an FCS team. Yeah. And, and we know that though. We know that's been an issue. Offensive line isn't playing great. They're still not playing great. So. Still work to be done there offensively. And I just think they're going to have to lean on Michael Penix. They're not running him at all. I think at some point they're just going to have to do it because defensive coordinators are going to feast on that offense if they know there's no running threat out of Penix. So um, our guy Hoosier Al, yep. he texts me a lot during uh, Indiana games typically, and he just, without comment, texts me a picture of – Crazy Tommy A's face getting interviewed after the game. He didn't have to say anything. He just knows how much I love Crazy Tommy. Uh, with the win, Indiana moves to one and one with their second game versus what is now a top 10 ranked team in three weeks. That's a tough start of the schedule for the Oh, losers. yeah. I know. All right. Next game up uh, Maryland 62, Howard 0. The Terps with 574 yards of total offense to the Bisons, 146. Did this go down exactly as we... we almost, pre- almost exactly. I remember my prediction, 63-3 was my prediction. I, th- I think mine was pretty similar. Yeah, you were, I mean. you were damn close. Yeah. But 62 nothing. I mean, this is what Locks does. To yes, this. dude. He, to, a, to a tag of Viola, 22 of 27, 274 yards, three touchdowns. Like, a couple of these other... Uh, uh, quarterbacks that were going like for these games that were just absolute blowouts. Like Tanner Morgan had like what 17 uh, attempts, Graham Mertz 17 attempts. So what what's what's to have 27 attempts, baby? We're just going to keep throwing the ball well, around because that's what we do. His backup was five of five for 73 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, they were clicking, man. I mean, the, they just have so many athletes, especially compared to to Howard. Yes, and when. And when um, Locks has the whole playbook at his disposal for things that are working, right. he's going to have some fun with it. That's just what he does. And like we said, he, he is good at calling an offensive game. Absolutely. Uh, Dante Dimas, six catches, 128 yards and a touchdown. Tyron Fleet Davis, not, not a lot of yards, 66, but he got it on eight carries and a touchdown. And I got to say, I know, again, it's Howard, but pitching a shutout, I think it's our first shutout of the year, Pitching a shutout against anybody is not easy to do. The Maryland defense looks better and looks more athletic right now. Yeah, and this is not something I normally do, but 37 minutes time of possession, 32 touchdowns, so or first down. So again, moving the ball very efficiently, very uh, consistently. So with the win, Maryland moves to two and zero, already doubling the season total wins that I had predicted. To, oh, that's right. At well, the beginning I, of the year, as everyone knows, I I'm predicting ten wins. So we got two twenty percent off, twenty yeah. percent there, one fifth away there, which is not true. I predict them four and eight. Okay. Uh, next up, the Michigan Wolverines. They're getting close. They keep getting better. I might start calling them Michigan. Mm. Michigan thirty-one, Washington ten. The Pac-12 apologist across from the table from me. I don't know what you got to say about this. The Wolverines with 387 yards of total offense to the Huskies, 343. 387 yards, not a not a ton of, of yards for, for a team that has 31 <laughs> points on the board. But, but how about this? How about the fact that uh, 343 of them came on the ground? So I want to start by saying... I had fun watching Michigan play football, which I haven't, real. I haven't had fun watching I, them in a I while. I think it's a fair thing to say. And I, I'm finally, for the first time in my life, I'm going to be a stan. 
I'm a Blake Corum stan. Dude. I decided. Did, did I not tell you? And you also talked about Aiden Hutchinson. I may also stand for Aiden Hutchinson. They both he, look he incredible. Was amazing. I told you, dude. You I'm told me. I'm telling you, like, he looks like he's got springs in his freaking feet or something, man. He's just flying around Aiden out Hutchinson there. looks noticeably different than last year somehow. He, he got he got committed to his uh, his diet and exercise on the offseason or something. Now, back to your guy, our guy. He's my guy. I had him first. Blake Corum, 21 carries, 171 yards, three touchdowns. That's an 8.1-yard average. But let's not forget about Hassan Haskins. 27 carries, 155 yards, and a touchdown. That's a 5.7-yard average. Okay, Cade McNamara, only 7 of 15 for 44 yards. Dude, they were just running the ball. You you would be an idiot to go away from a rushing attack that is clicking that much. The right. other side of it, too, is this, this Washington Huskies team is known for being an, an amazing back seven, especially defensive backs. They hunt for the football and pick the ball off. Why give them the chance to do that? Lean on your rushing sure. attack. Michigan did exactly what they had to do to blow out what was... By the way, just nine days ago was a top 20 ranked Pac-12 team. Yeah, although I, I, I mean, I agree with you. You definitely you didn't want to give the ball away. You, you only had 15 attempts. But the one thing that's concerning about those numbers is Cornelius Johnson had that big catch for 33 yards. So other than that, he had 11 yards in his other 14 attempts. Yeah. That's a little concerning. That's a little concerning. The passing, The passing attack... Right now, Michigan's defense is, I think it's safe to say at this point, Michigan's defense is good and improved. It, I mean, it looks different than last year. It just looks different. It's kind of like Aiden Hutchinson. They both look different. And maybe the two are, are, are you know, connected might there. Be, but might in, have in the end, but, like, you, I never felt great in a big game with a Don Brown defense no. on third and seven. No. I feel pretty confident they get the other offense off the field right now. They had four sacks and seven tackles for loss. They were disruptive. It's a... It looked great. This is going to be one of the most improved defenses, and if they keep... I think there's a couple things here and, that, here and there where a little bit leaky in the back seven with against the um, against decent passing attacks. So we got a lot to figure out there, but overall, very good. And when you run the ball that well, you're going to be in a ton of games. Yeah. And this is another instance where our insiders, you know, are talking up their team, and I'm like, I just don't see it. But I, I was wrong about them, I think. I've been, I've been wrong about Michigan very much. And I know we're only two games in, yeah. but they look good. You the quote-unquote eye test that I, I I don't like to say and I don't like right. to lean on. With that being said, they just they just are popping off the screen more this year. I don't know how to say it. And if they could get some good quarterback play, they could be really dangerous. I would even say just well above average quarterback yeah. play could get them to ten wins. Speaking of looking good, I really liked those mono blue uniforms. Absolutely, they look fantastic. Those looked amazing. That was a good uniform game. I thought it was a great uniform game. I just. I usually don't like mono uniforms very much. I this don't know one, what it was about theirs. Even the socks going blue, it yeah. they looked awesome this yesterday. It was good looking. Ooh. And there's something with just, I don't know, the lights of the big house. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hey, did you, did you catch that that stat? The first night game in the big house was 2011? Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't I, that long ago. I guess I don't remember that being the first game, although I do remember yeah. that game. Beat Notre Dame, Because right? I famously declined an invitation to my first cousin's wedding knowing that that game was that day. Ironically, I was at a wedding and could barely watch that game. Really? So, yeah, funny. 
All right, here we go. <laughs> Big 10 game of the week. Iowa 27, Iowa State 17. Man, they must have killed them in yardage, right? Hawkeyes with 173 yards of total offense to the Cyclones, 339. So so how does that happen, right? How does Iowa – and by the way, it was 27 to, to 10. In 24 to 10, like Iowa State got points on the board with – I don't want to call it lucky, but a, a – a, a long pass at the end with a minute yeah, to go at the end of right. the first half that you don't see Iowa defenses give up very often. No, but they did. I mean, that was a that Huge. I, at the time I'm thinking, boy, that's a game changer. Right Absolutely, there. it was. I mean, that got uh, Iowa State back in the game because at that point it was 14 to three Iowa, and they were, were in control. They were in control Absolutely. of the game, uh, but then they retook control of the game, which isn't easy to do coming out at halftime sure. after you give up a big play. So, like I said, at one point it was 27. To, to 10, and Iowa was cruising. Iowa State gets the late touchdown. So how does that happen? How about turnovers? Yeah. Okay, that's one way to do I mean, it, right? It was, it was crazy. Iowa with zero. Iowa State with four. Three Brock Purdy interceptions and a big Brees Hall uh, fumble. Yeah, and caused by Justin Jacobs, the, the super crew out of that's Ohio. The, that's the only thing that I regret about the last podcast. In my, I had it actually written down. I said one person that I think to call is Justin Jacobs is going to make a big wow play. We saw him last week versus Indiana. I mean, the dude looks like a five-star player. He and, does. And he showed it. So that's one reason that you win the game that handily with, with being that uh, behind in yards. The other one, penalties. I think Iowa got deep into the third quarter. And again, the game was pretty much handled at that point before they got hmm. their first penalty. And then what's the other thing that can make a big factor in a game like this, a tight game, maybe field position? <laughs> Tory Taylor, eight punts for 409 yards, a 51.1 yard average, Five inside the 20, and I'm almost positive three were inside the eight, I'm going to say. It was punting porn at its best. Tory Taylor is bringing a whole new meaning to the phrase, having a big leg from down under. Oh, wow. I like it. So I'm going to take it a step further by saying only one of his those eight punts was returned, too. So they're not getting field position and... On top of that, Charlie Jones returning four punts for fifty-three. That I mean, think that, about how much that flips the field. It you, was there was basically I'm going to say a two to three possession part of the game where Iowa State had the better field position or was winning the battle. The other how many other uh, possessions or plays in the game? It was all Iowa just living on Iowa State side of the field. And it's not easy to return a punt in college football. Charlie Jones is one of our MVPs on the team right now, because by the way, he also had two catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. He had the play of the game on offense with that, with that catch he made when it was a nice Spencer Peaches throw. And he almost had that other really nice catch for a touchdown that, that he kind of bobbled out of bounds, but he dragged his foot in bounds. If I recall, correct. Close. It was so close. I, I was impressed by him during this game. And, and that's something that they don't have a lot of at the wide receiver position is like a game breaker, but this is a guy I think you can start leaning on a little more. And, and, you know, two – so 
There is obviously uh, a lot of naysayers right now with the Iowa offense. I get it. I understand it. Okay, they didn't look dominant versus Indiana. They especially, they definitely didn't look dominant versus Iowa State. But dude, these you could make an argument that Iowa has played a top five defense in Iowa State and a top fifteen defense in yeah. Indiana. I mean. And, and Spencer Petras still is kind of learning how to do his job a little bit. I'm just saying, like, the the the, the stats should look better. Don't get me wrong, but n- not all offensive stats look the same two three games into the schedule, especially when you're gonna, going against two defenses like this. And then what do you want to see, or not want to see, I should say, out of your quarterback in games like this is turnovers. He was efficient, 11 of 21, 106 yards. I know that's hardly nothing but one touchdown, no picks. The whole game was going to be decided by turnovers, and that's he didn't make them. Brock Purdy did. Brock Purdy, 13 of 127, 138 yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. He got pulled. Well, that's the thing. Not only did he get pulled, it seemed like they were they pulled most of their skill position players because just out of frustration, they were pissed at him like, Sit your ass on the bench. We'll get someone else out there and see what they can do. And I, I'm not saying Iowa's defense is going to get three interceptions every single game, but Iowa's defense got three interceptions yeah. again, one almost returned for a touchdown. And then they also got the strip fumble, picked it up right at the goal line, line uh, linebacker to linebacker. That's another game with a defensive touchdown. This Iowa defense is... Right. It's 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 starting to look special. I mean, at it's, this point. it's starting to. I would say you can start comparing them to Wisconsin in, in terms of how good the defense is and where they rank in the base. So they're not. They're probably not quite as good. Well, here's the thing. Here, I, okay. they're, they're causing more turnovers than Wisconsin, but they're they probably give up a little more yardage bingo, than Wisconsin. Bingo. There's more available yards versus Iowa's defense as compared to Wisconsin's. But right now, I mean, if there is even just a little bit off off uh, uh, pass or tipped ball, yeah. you just expect it to be picked right. off and, and pretty much returned for a touchdown or brought to the other side. They're almost 1A and 1B in terms of defense, and I'd probably put Penn State as the next one right below them. So, okay, this is a good Iowa, Iowa State defense, um, and yes, the, the Iowa defense is playing great and they're causing turns, but they're not always going to get those turnovers. So at some point in this season, they are going to need to play better offensively. Yeah. I mean, 67 rush uh, attempts. I'm sorry, 67 rush yards in 39 attempts is pretty bad. But it absolutely it was. But okay, I am I am holding out hope again. Th- th- this is a very good Iowa State defense. I mean, yeah, it is. They have. It is not just uh, uh, well coached, which it is. They've got athletes and they've got seasoned athletes. I mean, a lot of these guys have been on that roster for a long time. They are going to make moving the ball a nightmare for almost everybody that's on their schedule. Um, so I think there's stuff. Now, the the two teams that Iowa plays next, Kent State and Colorado State, if, if they don't look good offensively yeah. in those teams, we have or games, we got issues. But uh, And Tyler Goodson, 21 carries, 55 yards yeah. and a touchdown. I mean, he's Obviously, their best uh, weapon on sure. offense. They look for them in tight spots. Um, you know, one thing I want to say, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to say. I just, dude, Saturday night was so much fun. I mean, the 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 bourbon was soaking in to my, to, to my veins. Um, I mean, I, every time I picked up my phone, there was another text message from a buddy, brother, cousin, Hawkeye fan with a funny meme. Every time I picked up Twitter, another one. 
I mean, you just got to try to soak in those moments as much as possible because, I mean, yes, yes, yesterday was just special, man. It was an absolute blast. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to gloat it. I just, I, I've got a podcast. I got to, I got to get it out. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is, I mean, can we slow down the Matt Campbell is Jesus talk a you know, little bit here? I was actually, I, sometimes, just slow I, down. sometimes I think you go overboard on it, but I was l- listening to the, the announcers and they would not shut up about him. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to tell certain amounts of the Iowa. Yes. And I said that the Iowa media people that are just oohed and awed on the, on the culture and just the amazing culture and team atmosphere that Matt Campbell Really? You think they're the only state, only football uh, coaches in the state of Iowa that's got a good fo- program right. or, or culture going on right now? Yeah. There's two. Okay. I'm not saying Iowa State's isn't good. I think Iowa's is pretty good. I'm going to steal from my brother. He sent this text, but this is true. Two games into 2020, Iowa was 0-2, and Kirk Ferentz was on his way out the door. Bad offseason, he's done. Two games into the fall this year, we are a legit college football playoff contender. It's insane. Yeah. How, how things, no, they are. And that's a lesson for every college football fan because in the end, call me crazy, I think Kirk Ferentz is better at Iowa football than Matt Campbell is at Iowa football because that's what Matt Campbell is trying to do. But we've been doing it longer. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of unnecessary love given to Matt Campbell. I think it'll slow down just, just a tad. I think it might, yeah. We'll see. But I, there was one that they said, oh, this is five. Oh, and five. One of the Kirk. greatest coaches in the country, maybe the best. And I'm, whoa, whoa, uh, really? That's the part. If, if you say, if you want to say one of the best young coaches in the Big 12 or in the country, that's fine. But when they get into that, maybe the best, it's like, what are Owen oh, five versus Iowa has not won the Big 12. They've done well in big games, but he, his look at his record versus ranked teams. It's it's not great. He's got an Oklahoma State problem okay like and i think we saw texas got throttled you know the big 12 isn't fantastic that's not a great no conference by any means so i don't know that's that's my thoughts i you know what i think iowa state would be if they played in the big 10 west second third yeah somewhere I mean, in there yeah iowa wisconsin I feel pretty good about how they would match up versus iowa state i think minnesota would do pretty well yeah. you know like i'm just saying like i i don't think this and then you mix in uh they play penn state or michigan come on man They're, they've got losses on that schedule no oh, for sure well i'm glad you had fun um i started having fun exactly when the illinois game ended that is when i started beginning to have fun yesterday <laughs> so i'm at big kurtz right and uh, by the way well with the win iowa moves to a very resume impressive 2-0 and um so I, I'm I'm over at Kurt's yesterday. Okay, this is me telling you the listener about hanging out with Kurt. Great setup. Got two TVs, you know. Um, and at halftime of the Illinois game, we switched. We had Oregon, Ohio State on the big TV, yeah. Minnesota on the second one. And um, I was just kind of hoping you wouldn't remember to, <laughs> to yeah to turn the Illinois game back on. I mean, obviously it's your house. You're gonna watch your 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 team. So I, I, we were, I mean, the, there was probably a couple plays in the uh, Illinois game that had started. Yeah. And it just started the second half. And do you remember, I I can tell you exactly what I said. Go for it. All right. Let's see if these bag of dicks are back on the (laughs) road. 
<laughs> oh god, that cracked me up. That was some. That was some funny shit, man. I'm sorry. I, obviously, I was pulling for the Illini. Yeah. God, we. They're putrid. It could have been a 14 and 0 weekend for the Big Ten. All the Big Ten haters could have run and hide. But now, what are we gonna get? It doesn't. We could have went 13 and one yesterday. Yeah. But because that one loss is Ohio State, that's it. That's that's there. That's gonna be all teams need or uh, podcasters and people need to. Sh- crap all over the Big Ten. I'm not ready to bury the Big Ten, but I'm ready to bury Illinois. They're not looking great. Oh, But we've got... So bad. We've got 12 out of 14 listeners that are feeling pretty good on a Sunday of what they saw yesterday. Yeah. That's a good thing. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.